The following show is sponsored by... Your own government has the power to activate a kill switch on all telecommunications. During these emergencies, how do you stay in touch with the important people in your life anywhere on the planet? The answer is the bivy stick at sat123.com. I took a fall from a ladder fixing my Christmas tree and uh, I had heard about the Juvent and uh, got a hold of one and tried it. But but I, I feel strong enough and stable enough that I can take it on now. To learn more about this micro-impact platform, go to juvent.com. The global currency collapse will wipe out the dollar and many other assets, and the only things that will maintain value during the global debt reset are those with intrinsic value. The Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals Company is my go-to source for physical precious metals and why they're the official sponsor of Brighteon.tv. Brighteonmetals.com and great viewers like you. Hey, good afternoon, Patriots, and welcome to Bart's FM here on Bright Tion TV. Today, we're just going to go through a story. I think it's really relevant for the time that we live and equally for the uh, history of what it represents. And this is the story of General Patton's prayer he wrote um, before one of the big campaigns. And it's a very moving story to show that uh, the le- how just historically what we were as a nation and how much importance prayer was in our life, but equally how one of America's greatest generals understood that as well. He was a fantastic general with a lot of prophetic uh, built in him. And he understood very intrinsically that if people weren't praying and we didn't fight the right fight, we would lose. And he saw prayer as a, as a very effective weapon system as part of the war that we were fighting. It literally goes to that place of pray without ceasing. And I think it's a very important time to reflect on all of that, just how powerful our life is and how powerful it can be even more so when we pray and we lean into the things, especially with the challenges that we face right now, that God is always with us. So we'll get back to all, into all that right after these messages. Here's how to make a creamy blueberry coconut smoothie using safe and organic products from the Health Ranger store. Here are the ingredients. 4 tablespoons of coconut milk powder 1 tablespoon of freeze-dried blueberry powder 1 frozen banana and 1 cup of water Place all ingredients in a blender Blend until smooth For more recipes and our organic lab-tested products, visit our website at healthrangerstore.com. 
Biden administration has criticized Israel over its expanded military campaign in the Gaza Strip amid the rising death toll among civilians. Secretary of State Antony Blinken issued the rebuke in a December 7th press conference. He expressed Washington's commitment to prioritizing the protection of civilians in the besieged enclave. According to the Hamas-controlled Gaza Health Ministry, over 16,000 people have been killed in Israeli attacks. The U.S. official also stressed the need to sustain the assistance provided during the humanitarian pause between Hamas and Israel. He acknowledged some positive steps, but pointed out a gap between their intention to protect civilians and the actual results on the ground. Discussing Israel's combat operations, Blinken emphasized the importance of ensuring that areas outside the conflict zone remain free from military actions mentioning ongoing discussions with Israeli authorities on this matter. Blinken isn't alone in this sentiments, however. Even Vice President Kamala Harris and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin have recently expressed concern about the number of innocent Palestinians killed. Hey, Patriots, and welcome back to Bright on TV and Bards FM podcast. Before we get going, you know I'm going to talk to you about sleep. Sleep's one of the great things we all need. need more of it. We never get enough of it. It's fantastic. So we're going to talk about our favorite sleep provider, or at least the tools for it, and that's MyPillow.com. So this is a time of year to head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is our landing page. Use your promo code Bards for all sorts of amazing deals right now. One of my hottest thing I love right now with MyPillow is their MyPillow 2.0 really a redefinition of what the my pillow is I like it a lot and you will too but they also have that my pillow down comforter it's incredible it's an amazing sale right now down to 199.92 with your promo code i have that on all the beds they're just amazingly comfortable you add that to the my pillow 2.0 and the giza cotton sheets and like you're in the money and look at that the giza cotton sheets are now down to 29.98 what a great time to buy some stuff and use your promo code just get st yourself stocked up for the new year to have the best sleep experience ever. And truly, I, I can't say I've slept any ever better than I have with the MyPillow products. Great quality, great service. And there's also the knowing that it's a great company. You can't, you can't separate that. We've got a CEO that's been fighting for liberty the whole time and it's truly something amazing. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. All right, Patriots. So I want to talk about a story that goes back to the to World War II. And this is a story that uh, takes us back, actually, uh, during one of the great campaigns in Germany. And it was dealing with the need for prayer. And this, the story is written, it's called The, the True Story of the Patent Prayer by Friar James Hugh O'Neill. It was published in March 24, 2022. And it's part of a a history of the war from Christian Christian lens, and it's very, very powerful. So I'm just going to start this. It's a long story. I don't know how long it's going to take in the whole show, but we'll definitely take at least the first half hour on it. But it's really moving, and to understand the depth of how General Patton saw the war, and keeping in mind that he was the general of the army, so he was not only someone who believed in prayer and was very dutiful to his worship and praise, but he was leading and putting the army in a place where all of the soldiers were obeying that. And that's such a critical thing to understand is that one of the great things about the military's organization is soldiers are loyal and will obey. 
And so he was pushing this principle of prayer as warfare as a critical part of victory. So let's, let's start the story. So it begins, my conflicting and some untrue stories, I'm sorry, many conflicting and some untrue stories have been printed about General George S. Patton and the Third Army Prayer. Some have had the tinge of blasphemy and disrespect for their for the deity, even in War as I Knew It by General Patton. Footnote on the prayer by Colonel Paul D. Harkins, as Deputy Chief of Staff, while containing the elements of a funny story about the general and his chaplain is not true, is not the true account of the prayer incident or its sequence. As the chief chaplain of the Third Army throughout the five campaigns on the staff of General Patton, I should have some acknowledge of the event because of the direction of General Patton. I composed the now world-famous prayer and wrote training letter number five, which constitutes an integral but untold part of the prayer story. These incidences, these incidents narrated in sequence should serve to enhance the memory of the man himself and cause him to be enshrined by generations to come as one of the greatest of our soldiers. He had all the traits of military leadership, fortified by genuine trust in God, intense love of country, and high faith in the American soldier. Obviously, we can't even say that to be true today, but this is where this was then. Meaning our military has drifted so far from these principles, and yet Patton led us to the great victory of World War II. He had no use for half measures. He wrote this line a few days before his death. Anyone in any walk of life who is content with mediocrity is untrue to himself and to the American tradition. He was true to the principles of his religion, Episcopalian, and was regular in church attendance and practices unless duty made his presence impossible. The incident of the now famous patent prayer commenced with a telephone call to the Third Army Chaplain on the morning of December 8, 1944. When the Third Army Headquarters was located in the Caserne Mullifor in Nancy, France, this is General Patton. Do you have a good prayer for weather? You must do something about those rains if we are to win this war. My reply was that I know, I know where to look for such a prayer that I would locate and report within the hour. As I hung up the telephone receiver about 11 in the morning, I looked out on the steadily falling rain, immoderate, I could, would call it, the same rain that had plagued Patton's army throughout the Moselle and Saar campaigns from, from September until now, December 8th. The few prayer books at hand contained no formal prayer on weather that might prove acceptable to the army commander. Keeping his immediate objective in mind, I typed in an original and an improved copy on a five by three filing card. The prayer read this, Almighty and most merciful Father, we humbly beseech thee of thy great goodness to restrain these immoderate rains from which we have had to contend. Grant us fair weather for battle. Graciously hearken to us as soldiers we call upon thee that, armed with thy power, we may advance from victory to victory and crush the oppression and wickedness of our enemies and establish thy justice among men and nations. I pondered the question, would use, what use would General Patton make of the prayer? Surely not for private devotion. If he intended it for circulation to chaplains or others with Christmas not far removed, it might be proper to type the army commander's Christmas greeting on the reverse side. This would please the recipient 
and anything that pleased the man I knew would please him. And so he wrote, to each officer and soldier in the United States Army, I wish a Merry Christmas. I have full confidence in your courage, devotion to duty, and skill in battle. We march in our might to complete victory. May God's blessing rest upon each of you on this Christmas day, George S. Patton, Jr., Lieutenant General Commanding 3rd United States Army. This done, I don my heavy trench coat, crossed the quadrangle of the old French military barracks and reported to General Patton. He read the prayer copy, returned it to me with a very casual directive. I have 250,000 copies printed and see to it that every man in the Third Army gets one. The size of the order amazed me. This was certainly doing something about the weather in a big way. But I said nothing but the usual. Very well, sir. Recovering, I invited his attention to the reverse side containing the Christmas greeting with his name and rank typed. Very good, he said with a smile of approval. If the general would sign the card, it would add a personal touch that I am sure the men would like. He took his place at his desk, signed the card, returned it to me, and then said, Chaplain, sit down for a moment. I want to talk to you about this business of prayer. He rubbed his face in his hands, was silent for a moment, then rose and walked over to the high window and stood there with his back towards me as he looked out on the falling rain. As usual, he was dressed stunningly and his six foot two powerfully built physique made an un unforgettable silhouette against the great window. The general Patton I saw there was the army commander to whom the welfare of the men under him was a matter of personal responsibility. Even in the heat of combat, he could take time out to direct new methods to prevent trench foot, to see to it that dry socks went forward daily with the rations to troops on the line, to kneel in the mud administering morphine and caring for wounded, a wounded soldier until ambulance came. What was coming now? Chaplain, how much praying is being done in the Third Army? Was the question. I parried, does the general mean by chaplains or by the men? By everybody, he replied. To this I encountered. I am afraid to admit, but I don't believe that much praying is going on. When there is fighting, everyone prays, but now that with this constant rain, when things are quiet, dangerously quiet, men just sit and wait for things to happen. Prayer out here is difficult. Both chaplains and men are removed from a special, from a special building with a steeple. Prayer to most of them is formal, ritualized affair involving special posture and liturgic setting. I do not believe that much praying is being done. The general left the window and again seated himself at the desk, leaned back in his swivel chair, toying with a long lead pencil between his index fingers. Chaplain, I am a strong believer in prayer. There are three ways that men get what they want. By planning, by working, and by praying. Any great military operation takes careful planning and thinking. Then you must have well-trained troops to carry it out. That's working. But between the plan and the operation, there is always an unknown. That unknown spells defeat or victory, success or failure. It is the reaction of the actors to the ordeal when it actually comes. Some people call that getting the breaks. I call it God. God has his part, a margin in everything. That's where prayer comes in. Up to now, the Third Army, God has been very good to us. We have never retreated. 
We have suffered no defeats, no famine, no epidemics. This is because a lot of people back home are praying for us. We were lucky in Africa, in Sicily, and in Italy, simply because people prayed. But we have to pray ourselves, too. A good soldier is not made merely by making him think or work. This is something in every soldier that goes deeper than thinking or working, his guts. It's something that he has built in there. It is a world of truth and power that is higher than himself. Great living is not output of thought or work. A man has to have intake as well. I don't know what you call it, but I call it religion, prayer, or God. He talked about Gideon in the Bible. Said that men should pray no matter where they were, in church or, or out of it. That if they did not pray sooner or later, they would crack up. To all this, I commented, commented agreement that one of the major training objectives of my office was to help soldiers recover and make their lives effective in the third realm, prayer. It would do no harm to re-impress this training on chaplains. We had about 486 chaplains in the third army at the time, representing 32 denominations. Once the third army had become op operational, my mode of contact with the chaplains had been brief, had been chiefly through training letters issued from time to time to the chaplain in the fourth corps and the 22 or 26 divisions compromising the third army. Each treated a variety of subjects of corrective or training value to the chaplain working with troops in the field and continued. I wish you would put out a training letter on the subject of prayer to all chaplains, write about nothing else, just the importance of prayer. Let me see it before you send it. We've got to get not only the chaplains, but every man in the third army to pray. We must ask God to stop these reins. These reins are that margin that hold defeat or victory. If we all pray, it will be like Dr. Carroll said. The illusion was to press quote some days previously when Dr. Alex Carroll, one of the foremost scientists, described prayer as one of the most powerful forms of energy man can generate. It would be like plugging in on a current whose source is in heaven. I believe that prayer completes that circuit. It is power. With that, the general arose from his chair, a sign that the interview was ended. I returned to my field desk, typed training letter number five while a copy was hot, teaching, touching on the same and or all of the generals revere on prayer and after staff processing, presented it to General Patton on the next day. The general said, read it, and without change, directed that it be circulated not only to the 486 chaplains, but to every organization commander down to and including the regimental level. 3,200 copies were distributed to every unit in the Third Army over my signature as Third Army chaplain. Strictly speaking, it was the Army commander's letter, not mine. Due to the fact that the order came directly from General Patton, distribution was completed on December 11th and 12th in advance of its date, December 14th, 1944, titled Training Letter Number 5. With the statutory chaplains of the Third Army, the letter continued. At this stage of operations, I would call upon the chaplains and the men of the Third United States Army to focus their attention on the importance of prayer. Our glorious march from the Normandy beach across France to where we stand before and beyond the Siegfried line 
with the wreckage of the German army behind us should convince the most skeptical soldier that God has ridden with our, with our banner. Pestilence and famine have not touched us. We have continued in unity of purpose. We have made no quitters. We have had no quitters and our leadership has been masterful. Third Army has no roster of retreats, none of defeats. We have no memory of a lost battle to hand on to our children from the, for this great campaign. But we are not stopping at the Siegfried line. Tough days may be ahead of us before we eat our rations in the Chancellery of the Deutschreich. As chaplains, it is our business to pray. We preach its importance, we urge its practice, but the time is now to intensify our faith in prayer, not alone with ourselves, but with every believing man, Protestant, Catholic, Jew, or Christian in the ranks of the third United States Army. Those who pray do more for the world than those who fight. And if the world goes from bad to worse, it is because there are more battles than prayers. Hands lifted up, said Bosul, smash more battalions than hands that strike. Gideon of Bible fame was least in his father's house. He came from Israel's smallest tribe, but he was a mighty man of valor. His strength lay in the military might, but in the recognition of God's proper claims upon his life, he reduced his army from 32,000 to 300 men, lest the people of Israel would think that their valor had saved them. We have no intention to reduce our vast striking force, but we must urge, instruct, and indoctrinate every fighting man to pray as well as fight. In Gideon's day and in our own, spiritually alert minorities carry the burdens and bring the victories. Urge all of your men to pray, not alone in church, but everywhere. Pray when driving, pray when fighting, pray alone. Pray with others. Pray by night and pray by day. Pray for the cessation of immoderate rains, for good weather, for battle. Pray for the defeat of our wicked enemy, whose banner is injustice and whose good is, is oppression. Pray for victory, pray for our army, and pray for peace. We must march together in out, all out for God. The soldier who cracks up does not need sympathy or comfort as much as he needs strength. We are not trying to make the best of these days. It is our job to make the most of them. Now is, the, uh, is not the time to follow God from afar off. The army needs the assurance and the faith that God is with us. With prayer, we cannot fail. Be assured that the message on prayer has the approval, the encouragement, and the enthusiastic support of the 3rd United States Army Commander. With every good wish to each of you for a very happy Christmas and my personal congratulations for your splendid and courageous work since landing on the beach, I am, etc., etc., signed 3rd Army Commander. The timing of the prayer story is important. Let us rearrange the dates. The prayer conference with General Patton was 8 December. The 664th Engineer Topographical Company, at the order of Colonel David H. Tooley, CE Assistant to the 3rd Army Engineer, working night and day, reproduced 250,000 copies of the prayer card. The Adjutant General, Colonel Robert S. Cummings, supervised the distribution of both prayer cards and training letter number five to reach the troops on December 12th to 14th. Breakthrough was on December 16th in the first army zone when the Germans crept out of the Eiffel forest in the midst of heavy rains, thick fogs and swirling ground mists that muffled sound, blotted out the sun and reduced visibility in a, to a few yards. 
The few divisions on the Luxembourg frontier were surprised and brushed aside. They found it hard to fight an enemy they could neither see nor hear. For three days, it looked to, to the it looked to the jubilant Nazis as their desperate gamble would succeed. They had achieved complete surprise. The Sixth Panzer Army, rejuvenated in secret after, dis, after its debacle in France, seared through Ardennes like a hot knife through butter. The First Army's Eighth Corps was holding its area with three infantry divisions, one of them new and in, in the line only a few days. Thinly disposed over an 88-mile front with one armored division far to the rear in re in reserve, the Eighth Corps had been in sector for, had been in the sector for months. It was considered semi rest area and outside of little patrolling, whose whole whole was wholly inactive in, in position. When the blow struck, the Fourth Corps fought with imperishable heroism. The Germans were slowed down, but the Corps was was too shattered to stop them with its remnants. Meanwhile. To the north, the 5th Panzer Army was slugging through another powerful prong along the vulnerable boundary between the 4th and uh, be, between the 8th and, and 6th Corps. Had the bad weather continued, there is no telling how far the Germans might have advanced. On the 19th of December, the 3rd Army turned from the east to the north to meet the attack as General Patton rushed his divisions north from the Saar Valley to the relief of the beleaguered, beleaguered Bastogne. The prayer was answered. On December 20th, to the consternation of the Germans and the delight of the American forecasters, there were equally surprised at the turnabout of rains and the fogs ceased. For the better part of a week came bright, clear skies and perfect flying weather. Our planes came over by tens, hundreds, and thousands. They knocked out hundreds of tanks, killed thousands of enemy troops in the Bastogne salient, and harried the enemy as he valiantly tried to bring up reinforcements. The 101st Airborne with 4th, 9th, and 10th Armored Divisions, which saved Bastogne and other divisions which assisted so valiantly in driving the Germans home, will testify to the great support rendered by our Air Force. General Patton prayed for weather, fair weather and for the battle, he fought it. It was late in January of 1945 when I saw the Army commander again. This was the city of Luxembourg. He stood directly in front of me and smiled. Well, Padre, our prayers worked. I knew they would. Then he cracked me on the steel helmet with his riding flop. That was his way of saying, well done. Patriots, this is a true story. And this is a true story of the power of prayer and one of the great victories of World War II. And it's a reflection of the times in which we are in. Times in which now we struggle so much with trying to see a way through, trying to understand how we can win a war that seems impossible. General Patton understood, and we need to understand as well, that we don't fight alone. We need to fight with God. And when we pray and we pray together, that is one of the most powerful weapons we can deploy in war. As was said, when you're having battles without prayer, there needs to be more prayer victories than victories on the ground. As I would say, you have to wield more assaults with the sword of the spirit than with the sword of steel. And in this hour in which we live, in the times in which we live, prayer is more important than ever. We have to dig in. We have to fight against these principalities. We have to call upon God to join us. We have to call upon God to lead us in victory. We have to tear down the strongholds, separate the enemy from what it's doing. 
We have to find the demons and kick them out. And we have to use the power of Almighty to lead us to victory, which we will as long as we stay committed to him. This is the hour of the remnant, those that truly understand what it is to pray without ceasing. Be relentless in prayer to assault the enemy strongholds and to understand that this has always been a spiritual war first and a fleshly war second. That in that walk, we understand that we truly can love our brother because we understand that what's behind him is not that of the flesh, but the influence of the darkness and the demons of the spirit. So, patriots, as we head into the next half hour on this, give great reflection to the fact that prayer is victory. And it's the greatest weapon we wield. And it is the season to pray. So we'll be right back after these messages. The Biden administration has criticized Israel over its expanded military campaign in the Gaza Strip amid the rising death toll among civilians. Secretary of State Antony Blinken issued the rebuke in a December 7th press conference. He expressed Washington's commitment to prioritizing the protection of civilians in the besieged enclave. According to the Hamas-controlled Gaza Health Ministry, over 16,000 people have been killed in Israeli attacks. The U.S. official also stressed the need to sustain the assistance provided during the humanitarian pause between Hamas and Israel. He acknowledged some positive steps, but pointed out a gap between their intention to protect civilians and the actual results on the ground. Discussing Israel's combat operations, Blinken emphasized the importance of ensuring that areas outside the conflict zone remain free from military actions, mentioning ongoing discussions with Israeli authorities on this matter. Blinken isn't alone in this sentiments, however. Even Vice President Kamala Harris and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin have recently expressed concern about the number of innocent Palestinians killed. Here's a recipe from healthrangerstore.com. How to make superfood hot cocoa. Here are the ingredients. Eight ounces of hot water, two tablespoons Groovy Bee Organic Cocoa Energize, two tablespoons Groovy Bee Collagen Peptides, and one teaspoon Groovy Bee Organic Nonfat Milk Powder. Blend all ingredients together carefully in a heat-proof cup. The milk powder blends better in cold water, so you may want to make the milk first, then add the liquid to the hot beverage. For more recipes and products, shop at healthrangerstore.com. One of the euthanasia capitals of the world, Canada, is back in the news for the high number of citizens that die throughout the country via assisted suicide every single day. According to the latest figures, 36 Canadians die every single day with the help of a government-approved doctor. In fact, euthanasia is now so popular in Canada that it makes up 4.1% of deaths nationwide. 
This is a significant increase since 2021 when just 3.3% of Canadian deaths every year were the result of euthanasia. The fourth annual report on medical assistance in dying, or made for short, for 2022, which was just released last month, states that since 2016, euthanasia has claimed the lives of almost 45,000 Canadians. Made was legalized in 2016, by the way. That year, 1,018 Canadians chose to die under the program. Just six years later in 2022, that annual figure of Canadian euthanasia deaths skyrocketed to 13,241 people, which works out to about 36 euthanasia deaths daily throughout Canada. And we're back here with Barnes FM podcast on the Brighton TV network. Patriots, before we get going, we are, I know that we're being led by psychopath, pedophile elites in this nation. They'll do anything they can to prevent themselves from being discovered and what they do, the crimes against humanity. And that includes egregious things like dropping an EMP on a society to wipe out its capability. And that's with, well within the realm of possible. And that doesn't exclude having that happen by a foreign power quite frankly, just sick and tired of the U.S. hegemony across the world. We also have things like lightning strikes, and we also have things like solar flares. All of these pose a risk to this electronic digital world that we're in and the vulnerability of our main circuit processors that run so much of the things that we become dependent upon. That's why you need protection. And protection comes in the form of an, a shield, which we will, comes from EMP Shield, empshield.com, empshield.com. So if you head on over to empshield.com and you use your promo code BARDS, you're going to get $50 off and free shipping. It's an amazing product. There's a number of them, all of the same principle and design, all 100% American made. It's a veteran owned company. And all of this, you have a product that will protect our electronics in case of an EMP, lightning strikes, or solar flares. These have been tested in the best facilities around country for this sort of thing, DHS and DOD uh, testing labs and standards. All that testing certification is on their website. In addition to that, you have an easy to use instruction manual and resource library to install these devices. They're not hard to install, but you can get one for your ATV, your car, your, your house, your built-in backup generator, your solar system, your RV, all these things worth the cost and worth, worth buying. It's a low cost insurance policy that you will not regret. So head on over to empshield.com, empshield.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-T-S. That'll give you $50 off and free shipping. You absolutely won't regret that purchase. Again, empshield.com, promo code BARDS. Check it out. Prayer. It's really like one of the most significant things that we face these days, and, it, and it's something we need a lot more of. And we just listened to the story about General Patton in World War II and their victory in Bastogne and other and all the other areas in that fight in 1944 with, with the breaking and response to the prayer on December 19th, 1944, when the weather finally broke and they were able to bring in the aircraft and the American planes to support the troops on the ground. General Patton understood that fight in a war was not built on the work and the, the focus or training of the soldiers alone. It was always built on the most important part, which was to pray. And it wasn't just enough for the people back home to pray. It was necessary for soldiers to pray themselves. And that's what he encouraged. 
And we apply that to today. It's a very significant place because quite frankly, we have still a lot of people wandering and wondering and people wandering in a desert and ignoring the fact that there's any sort of spiritual war going on, trying to think of these things as a physical war. And we have those people wondering, how are we possibly going to win this? When we're in the place of prayer, there is no question of who's going to win. We're working from victory and we're not working to bring victory into the world. Victory was given to us on the cross. Christ gave us that. It was our responsibility to bring that victory into the world. But when we're praying from victory, we're not praying into victory. We make a difference. So we need to be praying from victory. And that means our prayers need to be focused on what we're bringing into this world. And part of that is to completely restore humanity. Now, there's a whole bunch of pressure out here on people to be here and talking about, or they believe they're, they believe they're doing the right thing by talking about the rapture, to be raptured out of here. I just, I, I just can't get around this one. It is completely ridiculous. We're in one of the greatest rescue missions ever in the history of mankind. That is our role here rescue humanity and bring them back and, and the people that are pushing for this this rapture i'm just curious what you think it's going to look like when you get to heaven and god says so what did you do to fight well what are you talking about god i'm out of here man i, I, I got here i got out of it i got here i think would say something I'd probably say something like yeah but i put you there to fight to win at all costs that's where we are there's an accountability that's coming and getting raptured out of here is not the way out. It is fighting and using the tools and gifts and talents we have been given by God to win this. One of those most important tools is prayer. And pray without ceasing. Pray in everything you do. Pray when you drive. Pray when you walk. Pray when, when you're out here at the store shopping. And it's not just about a personal prayer. It's not about just a prayer of what's for me. It's a prayer for a nation. It's a prayer for greater things. How are we going to break enemy strongholds? How are we going to go about getting these demons out of people? And these prayers, even prayers to receive more anointings, more gifts from God to be able to fight this war. All of this is waiting for us. All of this is within our reach. All of this we can get to, but we have to open our hearts up to prayer. And that's what that story was really at the core of. Is that we had a general in the United States Army that believed that above all things, people had to pray and it was only through prayer that we would accomplish victory. We're not like, a, we're not that army anymore. In fact, we're quite to the contrary. We have an army that's been infested, infected, by wokeism and Satanism, an army of generals and leadership that have gone about literally putting forth policies that will destroy, harm, fame, maim, even kill permanently soldiers with an injection that's an experimental shot, really more of a bioweapon designed specifically to do that, to weaken the U.S. military. We have generals that are eager to fight wars because the military industrial complex beckons them to so they can make more profits and machines to kill people. We don't have the righteousness in a fight to understand truly why we're fighting and what we need to fight and who we're fighting for. Patton represents an era that's long gone. It really comes down to us to decide what type of era we want ahead of us if we're going to follow or if we're going to lead. And leading means we have to start making some hard decisions, a breakaway government, breakaway military we have to start making those hard decisions to start standing to to be ready to fight against this tyranny that is now upon us because we live in a tyranny don't kid yourself and in this christmas period where we're trying to celebrate life the reality is that life is now being shaped by obedience to a state willful compliance to the state's rules and the consequences if you dare deviate from those pathways and so like i say many times I'm going to deviate from those pathways. I'm going to that of the liberty that God gave us. 
life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These were God-given rights by given to us and the members of this nation in the Declaration of Independence for second paragraph. Second sentence, you need to be knowing those words and you need to know what they mean. And that means that we have been given all authority over this land, over this, over this government by God himself, our creator. And unfortunately, we're at a place now where the government is telling us what we need to do because the government sees itself as a god. It's inverted the situation, and we're living in a clown world. And this can't go on anymore. We literally have to stop this insanity. And stopping this insanity begins by understanding who we are and what our authorities are. Our authorities in this world, in this equation, are quite simple. We are the children of the Most High. We have the authority to have dominion over all evil. We have authority over the snakes and scorpions, which are occults to doing damage and curses within people and exterior to people. And all of that said, without authority, there's nothing that literally can stand before us. We need to be coming together in groups of two and three to pray regularly. We need to come together in bigger congregations to pray against principalities and start tearing these things down. And this warfare that we wage will shake loose things. We prayed this morning for the breaking of the curse upon the, every border agent. It's a curse that's being put upon them. They can't see that what they're doing. They're not realizing they're violating the Constitution. And even though they, they, they intuitively know it, what they're not understanding is a consequence that that's coming from because they're looking from within a system that they believe the system will never hold anybody accountable. What they're not looking is outside, that there is a counter movement coming, a big one. We're almost at 1775 respectively. And when that happens, it's a big shift. That means you have a you have a provisional government that's going to lead a fight against the tyranny, and that's where we're headed. And so we're heading them fast. And these things even said here gets you in all sorts of trouble. So I'll take it. Someone has to, and I'm not going to hesitate to speak it, that we need to have a provisional government to start setting up the attacks against us and countering them and defeating these people at their source. And that's going to, And all of that is going to be backed by prayer, all of it. We have to encompass it all in prayer, understanding that we pray every day. We, we pray as a nation. We pray as a community. We pray as individuals. We pray as family members. We pray into these things. And little by little, our prayers are heard. And they will be heard. Patton was able to mobilize hundreds of thousands of men to be able to pray all at once, to read a prayer and to pray it. That was 250,000 copies of the prayer card was, were issued. It is unprecedented, by, by the way, because those were manual presses in the field. They were not digital presses that we have today. And they produced these cards and distributed them in just a matter of 11 days to 200, less than that, actually, because they got it all done by the 12th. So within five, four days total, they were able to produce the letter of training and the prayer request and Christmas card and get it delivered to the troops. Incredible. The efforts that were done in World War II were driven by a country that still had creativity, was on fire to build a nation, was on fire against evil. And what we showed the world is that we would not tolerate evil. And in the process, the war upon us domestically increased and accelerated at a phenomenal rate to where we are today is that we can't imagine a world that doesn't have evil. We enjoy evil. We relish in evil. We use evil all the time. And we've compromised our past so severely that we're literally creating a consequence for that corruption. We have to get back to some fundamental principles. This is Jeremiah 6.16, seek the ancient paths. And we need to do this. And we need to get back to the place where we are literally working to honestly and truthfully bring people back to God. It's such a critical part of what we do. But equally speaking, 
We have to get to a place where people start to understand where it is that we can go, what we can do, how great we truly are. We start to get those things underneath us. We stop playing games. We start realizing that we have a mission to do here, and that mission's time is critical. We have to move forward. We're marking time right now. We're not moving fast enough. That's very dangerous. Patriots, this isn't timed as well when we are going to be with family and friends. Christmas can be very stressful. These topics that we talk about can be very divisive. So it's important to find those narratives that you can speak to the power of Christ in your life. There's no greater thing that we can do to changing the, the nature of the narrative than vulnerability. And vulnerability is part of us telling our own story and our own journeys of the things that we're doing to relieve ourselves of the burden, to become closer to God, to put ourselves to the fire of refinement, to see the dross burned off and the silver refined. Those are the things that we need to be talking about. Those are testimonies. And Bible tells us how much, how powerful testimonies are to bring people into the fold of Christ. And we need more testimonies. You know very well that I tell a lot of my testimonies here, and it's not stuff that I always want to talk about either. Whether it's my surgeries that I do or whether it's a, a personal relationship issue or whatever it is, God is constantly, constantly leading me to tell these stories and these testimonies of how, the, how it happened and how I get through them. And part of the reason for that is once we do that, we disempower the enemy. The enemy doesn't longer has any power upon us when those stories go into the public domain. So if the enemy can't control us, that means that the enemy is worried about something else as well. And we're going to have power over the enemy, like we do natively, and we're given that by Jesus. So we have to wage war and wage war relentlessly against this enemy. We have to do this so fearlessly from our heart. And to do part of that, we have to mobilize more people to come to the body of Christ to be energized with the power of Holy Spirit to step in. Personal testimonies are important. Testimonies of what we have to let go of. Testimonies of coming before the throne to, to lay before God, to lay it, lay it all down. Everything that's sacred to you, for example. What is it that's sacred to you? Is it a relationship? Is it a hope and a dream? Maybe it's a hope to own a big house. Maybe it's a hope and a dream to have kids. Whatever these, these issues are, you have to lay it down before God and say, God, this is all on you. It's all not, it is me, but it is, it is on you to help me carry this burden. And I need your help because we can't carry this all alone. And when we start getting into that place and doing that, we start to really see something profound happen. Our lives transform. We become more effective. We become less burdened. God is stepping in to help lift the load. That is what God said he would always do. But in the center of all of that is our prayers. Our prayers have to continue and be ruthless every day. And I use the term ruthless because when you're praying for victory, you're praying for dominance over an enemy. You're praying for the destruction of enemy strongholds. That's not, that's not one of those areas where you see National Guard members with people dropping daisies down the barrel. Sorry, it doesn't work. It's not going to work at all. Because our intensity, our fire, everything about us has to be moved forward to such a degree that the enemy knows that we're walking. The enemy knows who we are. The enemy is afraid when we step in because they understand most powerfully that we carry the heart of Jesus with us and that power and authority is within us in everything we do. And that begins by us acknowledging profoundly the powers that were given to us, the authorities given to us. Obviously, first on the list is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is so important to get this out. They spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is one of our principal roles right now in engaging people. And not to be obnoxious about it, but to learn to ask questions, to lead them in so that they become curious about what this experience is 
rather than force feeding them. And then later they're like, I didn't like that flavor. I didn't understand what you were feeding me. We don't need that sort of reaction. We need to bring people into the fold, let them experience the full powers of what it is to walk within Jesus. And that also means introducing them to things like the apostolic, the prophetic, introducing them to the concepts of healing, deliverance, raising the dead. And a simple answer to raising the dead is this. I heard this the other day. It was a great, great example. Would you like to be able to bring somebody back to life that died young because of the shot? Who wouldn't say yes? Right? And there's an example. Would you like to be able to put your hands on people no matter what age they were and to heal them of sicknesses and relieve, relieve those burdens of their heart? There's another yes, we would like it. Would you be willing to step into a place where you know that people are being consumed with demonic attacks and be able to cast out those demons? I do more than cast them out, I'd slay them, right, frankly. But this whole principle that we're fighting right now is a principle of truth and a principle of getting people to see the truth and what the biblical truths are, not trying to hide it away because your church doesn't like it, it doesn't feel it, it's, it's going to be able to teach it, and it doesn't want to be held accountable to a certain degree of things that might go wrong. Things might not go perfect, but I'll tell you what, when you have your heart in the right place and you're fighting this way with all these tools, God is going to give you a great deal of latitude because he knows the challenges that were before us. Our world is spiritual first, not physical first. When we finally get that principle through our head, it's a world that we literally can manage and control. But the enemy knows that, and the enemy has driven us down to such a level to believe that this world is much lesser than we are. It's the reverse. In the sense of this world that we're in has so much potential to elevate us up to be greater. But we're not exploiting it. It is dominating us. When it dominates us, we become weaker because it's dominated because the enemy has control of so much in it. And our mission here is to rescue, heal, and restore. So on this Christmas time, when we head into Christmas holidays, there's going to be so much of this discussions about potentially about politics and about the econo economy and this thing. And if you have liberal people inside, that discussion never goes well anyway. Because they tend to be very de in denial about so many things. They want you to believe in garbage that they believe in. They are very, typically they're fairly agnostic. If they are religion-based, then typically they're going to find them in a church that has an LGBTQ flag flying on the front lawn. Ugh, that's a crazy one. So with all of that, spend time to think about your testimonies in Christ. Spend time thinking about how, what you were challenged with to become deeper in him. Tell these stories of vulnerability. When you tell these stories of vulnerability, you gain power. It is a powerful thing because it strips the enemy of theirs and it brings blessings upon you. And that power is greater than anything you can possibly imagine. It's clarity. It's the ability to work within these various domains, apostolic, prophetic, and being able to heal, deliver, cast out demons, all these things, and raise the dead. But that begins in humility in the heart. It begins in coming to the throne and being humble before the throne, being humble before the world so the world can see it. And in this time right now, in this particular week, this is so important that we spend those times of testimonies and bringing people closer to the understanding of the glory of heaven and the glory of Christ, that we do that through a process of our own vulnerability, our own stories, that hopefully if you speak them and you're praying into them, they will be anointed. And if they are, that they're going to be powerful stories to tell as people literally, literally 
want to hear the stories of success of the living God. We are fighting a fight for the living God. And what a more glorious fight we could have. I can't think of a greater one. And that's literally where we are. An enemy that wants us to believe that we will fail, an enemy that wants to believe that we have no chance, an enemy that wants us to believe that they're greater than God, an enemy wants to believe that there's no way forward for us because we become dependent on the institutions of man. We have to separate that and start putting our prayers first in the institutions of heaven so that we can be have much more freedom. And so this war is going to wage, and it's going to wage first and foremost in the spirit, and we have to wage it hard. We have to be ruthless against this demonic enemy. We have to tear down their fortresses. We have to tear down their strongholds. And we do that with the tools and gifts and talents that are given to us. So much of what today's show has been about has been about trying to awaken the understanding of what these gifts can do. And what they can do ultimately is bring a victory unprecedented. It can unlock jailhouse doors. It can tear down walls in the cities of Jericho. It will always leave in the hearts of the warriors the understanding of victory and what it means because it gives more than it takes. So give, be prepared, anchor down. This is a new world we're coming into and it's incredibly powerful. It's a kingdom world and we want to be involved with it. So in spite of things being difficult, in spite of all these challenges we have, overcome them and step into this opportunity right now and live into this most important time which is literally kingdom on earth. Patriots, let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you today as we come before you humbly and we present so much of these thoughts. We've had an amazing story about General S. Patton and all that he brought to this world and understanding the power of prayer and the power of prayer in a war, understanding the power of prayer overall as a weapon system. May we be blessed with the continued sight for all that we do. May we be blessed with the continued walk in which you give us. May we continue to stand our ground, not bend, not flex back. Be the watchers on the wall to speak the truth into the world, no matter what the response is from the people around us. Listen to your voice. Listen to your head. To our in, Listen in our head. Listen in our heart. To understand where you want each and every step that we have before us. And let us grow this time and this place to a mighty era, leading kingdom in for victory. Raise us up, Father, in Christ Jesus' name. So Patriots, I hope, all, I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. A lot of things to reflect on, a lot of intense conversations potentially, but keep your conversations focused about your personal journey and your story narrative. Enjoy the time with family. It's rare. You don't get it. That's it. Praise God. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tonight. Or Bars FM. Can't even tell you what the topic's going to be. Probably about this. So until then or until the next time, God bless. And out for now. The preceding show was sponsored by the global currency collapse will wipe out the dollar and many other assets. And the only things that will maintain value during the global debt reset are those with intrinsic value. The Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals Company is my go-to source for physical precious metals and why they're the official sponsor of Brighteon.tv. BrighteonMetals.com. SAT123.com. They have put together 
a really incredible package. Emergency backup communication systems, power systems. We've got sat phones and you need to be able to function even when the power grid goes down. You need to know about this equipment. So SAT123.com folks. Here at Brideon and BrideonStore.com, we've made it our mission to help you and your loved ones be prepared for any emergency which is why we are dedicated to bringing you a wide selection of ultra-clean and lab-verified superfoods, supplements, preparedness items, and other health products. So support your health and this free speech platform by shopping at brighteonstore.com today. Thank you for supporting Brighteon TV. Please consider helping us by making a reoccurring donation at supportbtv.com. Truth matters.